This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming today. Today we'll be talking about can you make more money with baked-in ads or DAI? First, I'd like to introduce the panel. Today we have Brittany Clevenger, Steve Shanks, Hillary Ross, and Brian Barletta. If you guys could just state your, you already, I stated your names, but if you, could, <laughs> if you could state your title, the company, and how long you've been in podcasting, that would be great. We'll start with you, Brittany. I am the Senior Director of Audio Partnerships at BetterHelp, and I have been in podcasting for three years. I'm the co-CEO of Ad Results Media. I've been in podcasting for 12 plus years now. Show off. <laughs> I'm the Vice President of Podcast and YouTube Influencer at Baritone One, and I've been in podcasting for eight and a half years. I'm a partner at Sounds Profitable, and I've been in podcasting for seven years. Thomas Mancusi, Chief Revenue Officer of Audiboom, been in podcasting a little over 10 years now. Um, we've had heard a ton these days about DAI, DAI and programmatic advertising and podcasting and the benefits. What we do not read about or hear about is the bacon ad that is edited into the show and lives there for a period of time. Today we will discuss those who spend the most on advertising. You're looking at basically 50 cents to 60 cents of every dollar in the space being negotiated by the people up here. Um, we will talk about the limitations and the benefits of both baked and DAI. Uh, recently, pod sites stated in their Q322 benchmark report that DAI outperforms baked in. To me, it's a little funny how once uh, Spot, uh, Spotify purchased pod sites, that all of a sudden in their last two benchmark reports, coincidentally just happened to say that DAI is superior to baked in. <laughs> To those of you on this panel who spend the most, which do you find the most effective overall and why? And we'll start with um, Brian, obviously he's not gonna answer this one. He'll be included later on. But if we could start with Hillary and work our way down towards Brittany, it would be great. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so just to start, right, dynamic ad insertion and embedded baked in ads, they, they both work. Um, but they work in different capacities, and, and frankly, we, we find the best success when we're utilizing them, um, dependent on what our client's goals are, dependent on what kind of campaign we're running. Um, so short answer is it, it depends, right? And that's obviously the answer that nobody here wants to, to talk about. We really want to dig in on it. Um, we do find that dynamically inserted ads work really well for clients who have time-sensitive offers. Um, if your promo's only happening for Valentine's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day, you don't want that ad living out there in perpetuity. And so we do strategically look for those kind of opportunities for those campaigns. Uh, but with embedded or baked in ads, you have this longevity behind it. You have um, that long tail impact that, that we love in podcasting. Um, and so there's definitely a, a major performance impact there. Um, so depending on the type of campaign, depending on the you know, objectives of that client, um, you will see the benefits really vary here. Hillary just articulated it really well, so I won't repeat everything <laughs> that she just said. I'll add to that, though, that right now we're really seeing, I think, a big reason why a lot of advertisers always say that they prefer baked in over DAI is because of how DAI is being delivered. A lot of 
you know, while we're trying to make this a black and white question, as Hillary just kind of w dove into some of those specifics, a big reason why DAI is not working as well in many advertisers' eyes is because of where it's being delivered, how the, you know, if it's being just pushed into a podcast, maybe the, the ad length isn't as long, maybe it doesn't sound as embedded, and all of those things and all those nuances really do build into everything. The, the nice baked-in nature of the podcast has always allowed the creator to really take their time, dig into the spot, sound as authentic as possible, uh, get priced in a certain way, has that historical baseline. So when we're purchasing it in that way, it always seems to work very well for the advertiser. So I represent the big DR advertisers, as you guys know. So we are going to ask for host red baked in um, until the end of time. <laughs> but DI uh, also serves really great purposes. So, you know, I think Hillary articulated really well, like Steve said. So we're happy to buy DI. Um, delivery does make a difference. You know, is there any dissonance in the listener experience caused if the ad is recorded at a different time in a different room and the host is wearing something different? Just kidding, that doesn't matter. Um, it all makes a difference, but they can work. So my, my personal experience is our baked-in CPAs, cost per acquisition, they are certainly lower um, than DI. But I would like to mention that for our DI strategies, we may not be as targeted as we could be, right? Because with DI, you do have some capabilities maybe for some targeting. And with BetterHelp, everybody should be in therapy, personal belief. Um, so maybe we would have some lower CPAs with DI if we were targeting a little bit better, right? But we were kind of treating host red DI like we were baked in. It's gonna hit everybody who's listening to this show. So I think there are ways to utilize both, um, and there are you know, certainly pros and cons of both. Thank you very much. Uh, Brian, this, I'm gonna ask you a question uh, before I, but I'm gonna make a statement first. DAI has made huge techno technical gains over the last few years. Even at Audio Boom, it has become a decent percentage of our overall revenue, more than it has been in the past. Be it host read, DAI campaigns, geo-targeted, run of network, or even backfill uh, programmatic with a DSP partner. Are you using more DAI today than in the past? I'll ask you guys follow-up questions, and if so, how are you using? But first, we're gonna go to Brian, and I'll, I'll, I'll remember those questions in a minute. Um, please tell us first how DAI has matured over the years. Um, and what pros and cons of how the industry is dealing with it and how the different publishers are going about it? Yeah. Um, we suck at terminology as an industry. Like, we're using the words close, but I think we're missing the mark on some of it, right? Like, there's the creative execution, right? Who is reading it? Host versus producer versus announcer. Then it's how are you buying it? Like, how long does it stay there? Is it 100% share of voice and no targeting? And does it last forever? You can do that through dynamic ad insertion. You can replicate exactly what the delivery, what the endpoint is for baked in through dynamic ad insertion. And, and I echo your thoughts on like the pod sites report. Methodology needs to be visible. Do they cut that off at the 90 days that the campaign run and not track it for the two years, the three years that baked in allows you to see that return, the promo codes and, and whatnot come there. And so, so the issue isn't really the AI. It's, what, it's, it's the 27 publishers all doing something different in the space some having less knowledge than others, and really learning on the fly. Yeah. I, I it, gives the, it gives DEI 
DAI a bad name almost? Because a lot of what, what's being asked here and what, what the interest is here is I want to be the only ad in that spot for the forever, for however long. That's what you're asking for. If I decide I would like to serve it through dynamic ad insertion so that if your company goes under or, uh, yeah, I don't know, or if something terrible happens that I don't want to be associated with a brand anymore, I can exit that out of there without looking at an Excel sheet and seeing two years ago someone edited in the episode and I have to pull it out. Like, that's, it's a tool. And we're, we're using the words wrong because as the industry grows, it's easy to demonize it, right? It's easy to say dynamic ad insertion is terrible, but it's really the buy, it's the, the setup. And so we need publishers to more confidently educate their sales teams about it. It's not necessarily easy to sell podcasting, like, let's be clear on that. So when someone pushes back on a term, you're not gonna correct the brand. You're gonna just say, yeah, we can execute that. And whether you, know, you do bake it into the ad or you use the technology, that's the hard part. So we need better education, I think. I think everything that's being asked. That's right where now, sounds profitable comes I'm trying, in. I'm trying. I'm um, But no, I mean, I think, read. I, I think what we're, what it feels like we're seeing is, publishers are open to executing how the buyers want, but there is now the conversation between: Did the editor put this ad into the file before it was uploaded, and no ad tech touched it, or can I replicate that through dynamic ad insertion? Is that okay? And I think that that conversation is happening now, but it's not. It, it's not understood, it still has to be taught on every single campaign. And so, I, yeah, I think we're in a good spot, but we can get better. Thank you very much, Brian. And to the three of you, are you using more DAI now than you have in the past? And if so, how are you using it? We'll start with Hillary for that one. Happy to go. Um, but just quickly before I jump into that, Thomas, I just kind of wanted to piggyback off something Brian just mentioned of just terminology in this space and, and just where some of the technology limitations are. I don't think dynamic ad insertion is a bad word, and I, I think it does get a bad rep. I think where some of the challenges lie is, Brittany and, and Steve, like you guys were mentioning, with pacing, delivery, um, frequency capping. Like there's, there's some of these really fundamental things that I think we can all as an industry collectively be doing better on because it makes for a better listening experience. And I think that's something that, you know, as you know, advocates of the podcasting community, we should all be, you know, looking to elevate the space, elevate the listening experience, because that, that does make it better for advertisers. Um, and anyone have comments on that before I jump into Thomas's actual questions? <laughs> no, I, again, agree. The, the one other thing is- Steve, you get to go first next. I, I gotta go first, yeah. You're no, a white right, male, but I'll let you go first. The, uh, the one other thing to add to that, though, as well, is like CPM and pricing. So, because of course, if those things and elements and nuances are driving different areas, um, in some cases, if CPM or pricing doesn't necessarily align with how those buys are being structured, then ultimately on the performance end, they're not gonna see it and therefore drive a negative perception. And if that negative perception is, exists, it's hard to overcome over time. I'm happy to answer the question. <laughs> you don't want to answer it? <laughs> no, I am. You're taking so a pass? We, uh, so for what we do, um, more baked in or DI, so it's kind of interesting. We actually spend a lot more on DI, uh, but that is because it's on the really big shows, right? Like the crime junkies. And so we're spending more, but if you look at our roster of shows, which is a lot, uh, we are on far more baked in shows. Um, Brian. With the, with the shows that you're spending more on DAI, are they executing like baked in? Is it a spot by 100% share of voice for a length of time? 
It's kind of all, it's all over the place, honestly. Um, everybody sells differently, and we try our hardest to get it to look like an episodic buy as much as possible. That doesn't always happen. Um, pacing is always a thing. Um, so yeah, it's all over the place. To Brittany's point, I mean, Brittany represents a lot of what of our clients are doing as BetterHelp is the largest player in the space in podcasts. So if you look at it and the largest players and the largest shows of what they're all doing, naturally DAI is just gonna be skewed because of the data of how much of a percentage of the buy it is overall. To Brian's point, like if we can figure out the right ways to tweak everything, Baked in DAI doesn't necessarily make a difference. What it is, it's it's really more of the representation of the buy. Great, I, thank I you. I think to that point too, it's like the quality of the ads you're buying, the shows you're buying, the alignment with that content, that audience, that talent. I think it all kind of like plays back. The ad execution, if done right, shouldn't be different. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think you know, kind of what you were alluding to there is that faked in model, right? The baked in approach. Um, we shouldn't call it faked in, but we do anyways. Um, and that's utilizing dynamic ad insertion to mimic an actual embedded ad read. And I think that's where you know we're starting to see a lot of the industry go to that model. And I think Thomas, you mentioned the Podsites report. I think that's where some of that data is maybe coming from, right? I don't like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Next, no. Um, Thank you, Hillary, for that honest answer. Um, moving along, uh, I think what you're hearing today is that there is a place for baked in ads and DAI to live, coexist, and to live happily next to one another based on that brand's particular campaign at that moment. Um, recently, though, some networks that used to do 100% DAI changed over the last few years. Um, it's kind of changed the industry a little bit. Um, some big players are only providing one and not providing both. Uh, do you see any of these publishers that are only providing DAI eventually going back to doing baked in ads because of the money that they're leaving on the table? I'll go first just so I don't have to uh, say Steve, agree. please go first. <laughs> uh, I don't see Spotify ever going back. Um, I do think... You know, ultimately, I do believe there's a place for both. Um, now, maybe everything to the faked in, everything is DAI because it allows for everything. The, it, the creative ad execution has to sound like baked in. The frequency, how the episodic uh, splits are all being done, like all of those things need to. I mean, I, I do see, you know, maybe in three to five years from now, everything is DAI and we're not having this conversation. It's more so how it's being executed and how each network is looking at it differently. Uh, but how that baked in authenticity comes across, that has to be pulled out of our, like that, that is really what we're, we're talking about, that we need the authentic early podcast ads to come back in. And if it's, whether it sounds, you know, wh whatever it looks like and however the tech that's delivering it, that's what we really need to drive this industry forward with the ability to allow new advertisers to come in and do audience targeting, making sure that they're aligning it the right way, and being able to structure it whether they want a host read, a producer read, and whatever timeliness that they want of that advertising execution. But the advertisers need to have the ability to do kind of everything. I, I want to jump on that for a second in, in a good way. If you do baked in, like during the show, they're reading, and we just do an ad right now for better help, right? Mix into it all there. The, the ad ops person is the editor. Right? It's someone whose job is to make the audio good, and it's a file. It doesn't exist anywhere except to expel, yeah, 
Excel spreadsheet. There's no hosting platforms really that let me identify where that ad is. I can't manage it. It's not an ad ops problem. It's an editor problem. Through dynamic ad insertion, I can. I can assign that to someone. It's a, a system that lets me monitor it and track it and control it and make sure everything is okay. Creative execution is the big part of this. There's no reason why a host should have any different experience on a host read for baked in versus dynamic ad insertion. Read it, cut it out, give it to the ad ops person as a separate file, set the marker, execute it the exact same way. But I think the big part is that when it's baked in, they know they have to do a separate read every single time. When it's dynamic ad insertion, they push back and it weirdly, I don't know why they're not, when they're recording the content, just doing another ad read for something that's 100% share of voice. Are you talking about the talent? Yeah. Well, here, I mean, yesterday, I think Hillary, was, somebody, was, somebody up here was on a panel, and a gentleman said, well, why can't you take Jenna from the office and geotarget to California to do a Honda, South, South Carolina, a South, I moved to South Carolina, Southern um, California car dealership ad. And the issue is, you have to compare what that show normally does for a baked-in ad, the rate that they get, versus what you could do with that DAI ad. So if a show gets $10,000 to do an ad read every time, to go in and do a cut a spot, but we're gonna geo-target it based on the impressions, I can only get to 5,000. Yeah. Is that host willing to go in there? And that's the problem. Like, a lot of these buys are smaller when it's DAI. You're not utilizing the episodic but that's not, that's not dynamic ad insertion versus baked in. That's host versus announcer. Because in that situation, you're no, not no, going to get the you're host still using, You're still yeah. using Jenna's voice. Oh, and she's going to read the different well, But she can't do it. The, the, the host, what I'm trying to say is yeah. the talent has a, a dollar amount in their head that they're used to going in sure. to do that 60-second spot for a baked in ad and then to ask them to do it for half or... Because the impressions aren't available. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking about doing yeah. impression but or that targeting. Happen a I'm lot talking, of times. Yeah, I'm talking about the creative yeah. execution, executing it, dynamic or baked in, same sale. To, to that point, though, like if going back to that creator and not being, if they're recording it separately yeah. and just placing it in there, if you have a comedian riffing on something and then yeah. all of a sudden they just have that natural, like they understand like what the tone is of the podcast as they're going into it, it sounds like that natural, authentic lead in to the spot and therefore, that when it is baked in that way, in the current execution, it, that's what really pops and the listener hears the authenticity in it. When that spot gets pulled out and then gets put into another, the tone may not necessarily be there and therefore the, the listeners can tell that that authenticity isn't there and therefore maybe skip through it, maybe not pay as close of attention, but that comes through in the data and the results. And I think Brian, to your point, a lot of it does go to editing. Right, um, you know, Steve, like you're mentioning, like that authenticity is so real and so integrated and true embedded ad reads because it's part of the show, it's part of the content. They're riffing off each other, they're riffing off the content. And sometimes when an ad is recorded in a separate room on a separate day, maybe the host is having, you know, a, a different attitude on life at that moment. Um, it sometimes comes through. Maybe there's a music bed underneath. Maybe, you know, the, the sound quality is different. And from a listener experience, you might skip that ad. Um, and as you know, brands and buyers here, we don't want you skipping the ad, and so we want that listening experience to be seamless. Um, and I do think it goes back to editing. I think another point, it's a, it's a little bit on a tangent, but I think it's important to mention because this industry is, we're, we're just in a really special place. It's an exploding industry. We have hundreds of brands coming into the space every single month. Could you imagine how a brand might feel 
when we're up here, experts in the field still kind of hashing out a lot of things, imagine a new brand coming in. <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know to ask about frequency capping. They don't know to ask for fresh reads every time. So back to Brian's earlier point, I think it's really important that these conversations are had and we understand how to best utilize the channel and you know, also on the sales side and the publisher side to really educate the brands on, you know, here are the different options, here's what we offer, and what are your campaign goals, your KPIs, and then here is what we can do within that, whether it's DI, let's make sure we get you fresh reads for every flight each month, you know, let's make sure we, we check all the boxes. I don't see that happening all the time, but again, it's because we're still up here kind of figuring everything out ourselves. But let's throw that to you for a second. You are part of an IAB committee working on that. Like, we don't have yes. a banner ad format, the equivalent of that, right? We don't have defined format. You say host read, you say baked in. It means something different to everyone. But really cool here, Brittany, as part of the biggest brand buyer in the space, like, is on a committee trying to figure this out. So we're working on we're it. We're working on it. Great point. Um, Brian, we're hearing, a, we've mentioned baked in ads and baked in ads. From a listener's point of view, is can you tell the difference? I asked this question 10 times yesterday because I'm not one to digest too many podcasts. And I've heard a lot of um, feedback. And I'm just curious to you, for you. I know, um, does it have the same feel? I know Steve just mentioned he, you know, the listener does hear the difference. And that does affect the overall brand effectiveness. Um, but just, just for two seconds, a yeah. couple of minutes, just well, explain what faked in is, please. Well, uh, faked in is using dynamic ad insertion to replicate the baked in experience. So it's a spot buy, it's 100% share voice, it's one ad slot on whatever amount of episodes for whatever length of time. So that's what, it, it, yeah, it's just using the DAI tech for that. But on can they tell the difference? I mean, we just did research on that. So soundsprofitable.com slash research. Plug. Um, but uh, basically, we did host, host read library. Is there a code if I get there to, or a vanity URL I need to use? Use BetterHelp to get 25% off. Um, uh, it's host read library, so they're, they're just riffing on it. There's not a clock on there. They have the points they're going naturally versus host read scripted versus announced read. Yeah, library does better. But the difference between library and announcer read scripted, if the creative quality is good and the show is good, is and the placement. Is the placement, absolutely. All of these things, the creative execution. What about the duration? Economy. That's a lot of ifs, by the way. <laughs> oh, Steve. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying, that's a lot of ifs. I, I agree with everything you just yeah. said. But, but, that, but that's, that's what we don't have a banner. We don't have a format. We don't have a, a, like a single thing there. Yeah. But. What about, so my question is, the beauty of baked in ads, uh, you know, for the last 10 years is you purchase a 60 and they go for two minutes, they go for three minutes, four minutes, that innate added value that comes with your purchase. What, with DAI, I know, and I don't want to talk about Audio, but at Audio Boom, we ask the host to go in, but we don't tell them to stick to a 60 second when we do the DAI ad, that is host read. So it sounds like a two minute, a two and a half minute ad. Another issue is some of these publishers, because they are doing so many digital insertion orders, has to stick to the 60, right? And, and why is that? Why, why would it have to, to sit to the 60 second injury? It doesn't, right? No, it's, just, not, it's just a well, publisher doing it differently. There's only like one platform that requires the ad to be a specific length to match the slot, but most of them, I mean, look, I've thought about seeing if I could put a 30 minute ad through programmatic to see what happens to get people to pay attention to it. But uh, 
Yeah, it, it's, it's a sales decision. A lot of the things that we're talking about here are not the technical, and we're using the technical terms for it. It's a sales, sales. decision. It's creative execution. It's not having standards. Those ifs shouldn't be ifs. We should know what a 30-second or 60-second spot is. We should know what a bacon or a host read or announcer read, all these things, how they execute. And if the you sounds profitable to learn all these things? <laughs> Yeah. Code better help. <laughs> no, but we, everybody here wants to talk about it. I don't think there's a single person who doesn't want to name it, but it's hard, right? It's, it's just hard to, like, for Audio Boom to put their hand up and say, this is what it is, and then everyone be like, yeah, but Audio Boom said that, right? We're still kind of at that phase where we're all friends, we're all working towards it, and we're getting there. And if you could just, I did ask a question that really didn't get any play, so if we could just answer this, you know, and try to be honest. Um, <laughs> If, there, if you were a podcaster, maybe there's a podcast in the room today, and they're out there and they're getting 10,000 listens per episode, and you know this is their baby. They want to they basically increase their revenue and try to make it a side job, but one day make it a full-time job. And they only had one choice, to do DAI or baked in. It's not a perfect world. The publishers don't give them both. So they only have one choice to make the most money. And what, what would you say that they should do? What would you recommend them? Should they start off with that 10,000 listens, doing DAI or baked? I'm on the brand side, so I'm not answering this question. <laughs> Brittany, here ready to be the... Well, uh, throw a curveball. Baked in, hands down. You don't have enough downloads. Wow. You don't have a team. You don't have anybody on there. Like, you're just getting started. Figure it out later. You can always go back. You can always edit the ads out. You can do all that. Like, don't argue. Get the money figure it out, grow, adapt, hire. You might, you might just determine that you just want to build a podcast and you don't want to have a sales team and an account manager and an ad ops, and that baked in person's going to feed you for the rest of your life. So. Can I, I'm going to jump in on that because that actually brings up a really important point uh, that I don't think we got into today. And a huge difference between baked in and DI is reporting and delivery. And it makes our lives very difficult every month. Um, a new brand will not know to come in and tell a publisher, we expect reporting, you know, bi-weekly, monthly, etc. Um, baked in, it's so much more simple. You know, you, you roughly know the average, the downloads per episode uh, that a show is receiving. You buy it at that level. It's typically delivering at that level. With DI, sometimes, I said this yesterday, I have to play Inspector Gadget to figure out what is going on. I bought this, you know, how are we pacing? How are you delivering this? Are you delivering episodically? Are you delivering impressions across the whole darn catalog? Um, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a really big difference that I think a young podcaster certainly would not be well equipped to handle for a brand. Don't, don't drown in it. Just, it's like, you don't have to optimize it today. Optimize it later, figure it out. Yeah. And have you seen publishers who are doing it one way, just 100% DAI, start doing baked in again? Yeah. You have? Yeah, So they, for the last few years, they weren't, and recently they changed? Yeah. And I think, you know, something we were talking about is having those options. There, there isn't a one-size-fits-all model here. That would be far too easy. We wouldn't be up here debating this. Um, you need to have those options because there are nuances in campaigns. Um, and as Brittany was just mentioning, Dynamic isn't always easier. There's a lot of you know production that has to go into it. There's a lot of reporting that has to go into it. There's pacing nuances that go into it. Um, so if I were a podcaster starting out, I would absolutely do baked in ads. Um, and also, um, as brands and agencies, that's a bit more of a premium position. So from a pricing perspective, I think there's a little bit more willingness to pay for that premium position than you know with a dynamically inserted impression-based ad where you do see CPM efficiency differences. Thank you. 
Um, pricing, you just mentioned the word pricing. I'm not gonna ask you what you pay because everybody's very competitive up here. But let's just rank the CPMs from highest to lowest. We've heard us talk about baked in ads. We've said host DAI ads, programmatic, geo-targeting, run of network. So if you could take those five, baked in, host read, um, geo, run of network, and I think I said one other, but I forgot already. But rank those, and we'll start with Steve. We're gonna rank those um, one to four, one to five. It's not a one-size-fits-all because different networks are charging based on supply and demand curves as well. So if you have a podcaster that is the most sought-after podcast name, then maybe theoretically, and they're serving DAI or baked in, that naturally is going to be probably the highest CPM just because the network under should understand the supply and demand curve and how to price it accordingly. Uh, what I will say is from an eCPM standpoint, which we like to look at, a lot of what's actually being delivered, baked in, historically is up towards the top because we're seeing those deliveries over time and instead of looking at 90 days, looking at a year, two years, looking at the drag and results that come in. Uh, but there also is, um, you know, with Remnant or where networks try to offload certain things and you're buying it as a produced read, not necessarily a host read, I, I would say typically those, those CPMs are the lowest CPMs. My rates are always low. My rates are always low. Oh my God. <laughs> but would, would you, so would I, you pay more for baked in versus dynamic ad insertion for a first test? I would, but I, I definitely agree with everything Steve just said. It, it is very much case by case basis. It's, if it's a very in demand show, we will pay a more premium CPM. We're also doing a lot more custom integrations. Um, so yeah, it really is a case by case basis on what we pay. I'm anyway. gonna, not along with that one, but um, you know, there isn't, this isn't one size fits all, I think we keep saying that, and that's a very, very real and, and common theme here. Um, I do think that there are nuances. Um, I do think that there's, um, you know, I, Thomas, you brought up targeted. That's something, you know, I think we haven't spent a lot of time talking about here, but that does have, um, you know, a lot of value to specific clients. Um, however, we, sh we don't often see premiums associated with that. Um, but it does depend. It, it does depend on the partner, it depends on the inventory, it depends on what we're doing from a creative execution perspective. And um, there's a lot of variables that go in, into that. Thank you, we got 12 minutes left, so this last question, if you could just um, make it real quick, because we want to leave some Q&A for the people that are sitting here patiently waiting. Um, to me, I, I was just walking around the halls, going to these, um, in the conference, going to each event. And you have three themes that you hear a lot about in podcasting right now. And it's DAI, it's um, video, and then attribution. Now each one of us here either sells or buys podcasts that have huge video components to them. But when I was, it, it almost is an oxymoron because at the end of the day, video, the other two things that we're discussing, DAI and attribution, do not work on the YouTube portion. Um, how do you guys answer that? Like, what, what, is that an issue for you? Do you stay away from those shows that have YouTube because of the lack of attribution and the ability DAI? Or are you guys buying more and more shows with YouTube? Um, we're gonna go, we're gonna go with Brian first, even though Perfect. he can't answer it. I buy so many ads. <laughs> um, 
I think it, I think it's really good right now for the combination. I think long term it probably doesn't make sense. It's really two channels, right? It's like if I sold podcasts in direct mail, it feels weird uh, because the tech doesn't match. It's two channels, it's two executions. But today, I think it mimics a lot of the baked in value. I think it's the branding. I think it's the integrity of the Google numbers and being able to look at that and look at the reach and see the analytics there work the same way as just looking at download numbers. If it was as complicated as the reporting and targeting can be in dynamic ad insertion, I do not think we'd be having this conversation because it would have immediately been a different channel. But because you can treat it and just get one number, it works. Do you Absolutely. Think, do you think YouTube will create something that can answer those two questions? I can tell you my dream is that they just fire our RSS feed so that we can see the download numbers in our hosting platforms as if it's a tracking pixel, but we also had no idea they were going to launch a podcast page until everybody showed up here on Tuesday. Yeah. And just real quick, guys, if you could just a couple of sentences the, and we'll move on. The, uh, but with video, there is attribution. It's just not the same pixel attribution, so it's not apples to apples. So we buy a lot of terrestrial radio that doesn't that has podcast elements to it. It's not necessarily an apples to apples comparison where you're understanding the audience differences, but there's still ways to to measure and attributes or to, to determine success. So you know, it's video. It just has a to the point. It's it's a different channel. It has different elements. You know, where you could even dive into some are simulcast where it's taking the actual podcast and putting it on there. Some it's actually utilizing the video first and it's a YouTube and then it's coming on to the podcast feed. So it, it's, it's again a very complicated question that we could probably spend an entire panel on. Real quick guys, I just want to get to this. So just a couple yeah, of seconds. And we're not, I mean, we're just not there yet. Right now it is nice and simple. Usually they will come and sell you like, here's, here's the show. We've got 100,000 downloads on pod. We've got 50,000 downloads on YouTube. Awesome, I'll take it. Simple, we can do it. Definitely, and I think, you know, like we're all alluding to here, yes, you can't pixel track on, pod, on YouTube, I'm sorry, but there's other ways to determine success. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we all have performance goals, brands, agencies, you know, performance-oriented companies. Um, so it, you know, there's still ways to, to define success. Um, just because you can't do so with a pixel doesn't mean it's not successful. We've talked about that a lot this week so far. There's a lot of different ways to get to that goal pixel-based attribution or more traditional forms of attribution. But at the end of the day, I think it's, it's a wonderful hybrid model and um, we're starting to see a lot of blurred lines there. Thank you, you all. Really appreciate your time here and your conversation for, the, for everybody in the room. And we'll go ahead and take some questions from the crowd. Thanks for this, this is great. I'm Dave from Backbeat Media. I, I want to dig in and, and ask a simple question, sort of digging in on something you said and you mused on the 30-second or the 30-minute ad and seeing how that would do. I know we're talking about, you know, 60s or even 30 seconds, but the open secret is that they generally go longer. What's the optimal? Because there is a too long, right, that, that we've certainly found. I mean, we've been doing this 17 years and we've done all the mistakes, you know. But is there an optimal? length on that 60 seconds? There's too many other factors. How long's the episode? How many other ad slots are there? How many ads are in that slot? What position you're in? Yeah. Like, there's, we have to define that. We have to define how many ads are acceptable. You ever been washing your hands or like doing dishes and you hit a podcast ad break and it's like three in a row and you're like, why? Like, <laughs> like we, we need some standards. We need to know, we, we can't, we don't, nobody's following the same thing right now. And even with like a simple thing like the definition of share voice, 
there isn't one definition of share a voice. And so I think if we could find uniformity there, Brian, to your point about how many ads are in the episode, that's one definition of share a voice. Um, or, or how many impressions are you buying against the audience? Um, and I, I think that's a really real point. So, you know, Dave, to your question, it depends. It also depends on the brand. What is the product that you're selling, right? Like, is it, you know, are there, is the value prop really difficult to, to relay? Or is it, you know, you're buying razors, we all need razors and we all use them? Um, I think that that has a big, that makes a big difference on how long the spot the, should be. The one thing. Let's go to, you mind if we go to the next question? Yeah, 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 you uh, Just one quick, quick, just really quick. The, the one thing we do find he spends is a lot the of money. When, when the spot goes much longer to like 90 seconds, two minutes, it's normally because the endorser, the host, really enjoys the product, speaking to the experience. So therefore, if it comes across as authentic, natural, and part of the story, then longer is better. Next question. Hey, y'all, what's up? What's up, Mo? Um, thank you for, for the talk. So Thomas, you said something earlier that we can't have both. We can't have DAI, we can't have baked in at the same time. We've talked a lot about simulcasts and YouTube and podcasts and how this video component is an extension of the audio buy and it works together and collectively as opposed to separately as it, as it has been. So if we're buying DAI on the audio platform, can we challenge partners to embed in the YouTube platform? And would that make it more appetizing for clients if we're like, okay, yeah, this portion is DAI, this is the way that they're selling it, but you're also gonna have presence, a more permanent presence in the YouTube space. Could that be possible and It's definitely possible, right? But what brand is gonna to wanna to do that, I think? But to answer your question, Mo, it's 100% possible. I could do a geo-targeted campaign on one of my larger true crime shows just for the RSS feed and answer that pain point for that brand on that geo-targeted ability, but also for the ROI of the direct responsibility, have that baked in ad live forever in the YouTube channel. Anybody else with a question? We have four minutes and 55 seconds left. Um, thoughts on the future of the RSS feed and how that relates to all the added inventory out there? That's yours, Brian. <laughs> In the apocalyptic future. Now, uh, Bloomberg's going to write an article one day that says two-thirds of podcasting has disappeared because the truth is core podcasting is going to grow and it's going to boom, but we're going to see things like Longtail be YouTube and be Spotify and be these walled gardens. We're going to see the Hollywood productions pull into streaming apps. It's ridiculous. I can't pay $2 more to hear Henry Cavill talk about Warhammer in between the next Witcher seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Core pod podcasting is going to be there. Open RSS is going to be there. It's going to grow and it's going to thrive. And we all need to make sure that that's visible, that even if things are pulled out of it, the core of what we do, the people that we're spending the most with, the things that are the most successful aren't going away. It's the beauty of podcasting is the open RSS. Can't kill it. Yeah, they make, if somebody makes it a walled garden, it's another aggregator is going to come up or... But it's old technology, but you agree it doesn't need to be changed. No, because you can add your own flair on top of it, or yeah, there's so many other ways to go about it. It's, it's great. Great question and great answer. Anyone else? Hi there. Um, my name is Rami. I host a healthcare podcast. Um, I look at ads maybe from a little bit of a different perspective. 
Um, I think of them more as like partnerships over a long period of time. And I find that um, for our partners, they get a lot more benefit when we've done a partnership over a longer period of time. And it's, so it's not like particularly one ad that does well, and maybe it's not the metrics, but how do you all think of maybe partnerships or uh, working with like BetterHelp uh, over longer periods of time? Because when, when we do sales or when we do partnerships, we don't, it's not based on our numbers. It's like, here's a year partnership. This is what we ask for. And then we deliver the results for our partners. Without asking you what your listenership is per episode, um, there is a number where below a certain number of listenership, it's better, especially if you have a very specific genre like you do, and you're going to go after specific brands. It is, the for, for you personally, put your social media in there, put your newsletter in there, put your email there, and sell that one package for six months or 12 months. That's the better way to do it for you. Yeah. With better help and what they face and the shows that we're playing with, you know, a spot could be $30,000 for 160. Right. So it's hard to do that all-encompassing year-long package. But a company like BetterHelp actually does a higher frequency than, than most brands in this space. And uh, the most, I, I, and I shouldn't speak for her, for Brittany, but most of the shows that at least she buys with me are twice a month, which is a higher frequency than a normal advertising buy in this space. Right now, um, an annual usually consists of one spot per month. You know, if it's a daily show, it'll be more than that. But in regards to having one episode, uh, one episode every week and four episodes, that's usually the cadence that most advertisers are purchasing. Does that answer your question, or did I, I do so, a whole? Yeah. Uh, one else? thing to add to that, though, uh, which I love in this space, is that podcasters are partners with the brands. And that's something that you'll hear in the creative and that authenticity. So we want to create that partnership, you know, as some cost $30,000 for a spot, it's hard to commit at a very long period of time unless you see the numbers coming across in a certain way. But that's where we like to have conversations with Thomas and other uh, representation of these shows and networks because we want to make sure, because the idea is we, we all win together and that it's something that we all agree on and we can, we can push a better service or product out to the public. The goal is a long partnership. Call me. <laughs> but the are we on your show? This doesn't happen in other channels. <laughs> it, it, uh, nobody's partnering on banner ads. This uh, video advertising, CTV's through the roof. Nobody's calling the cast of This Is Us and asking them to do an ad read or, or anything like that. They're not collaboration. The line between advertisers and the host is thin. This is not bullshit up here. This is actual true partnership, and this is why Baked In works, and this is why it shouldn't go away. One part of the process, and I mean, it's changed over the years, but the beauty of it back in the day was every buy a brand did, the host would be on the phone with them. And that was Adam Carolla, that was Steve Austin, that was Mark Marion, that was all, Bill Burr. All these A-list celebrities or very famous people, you, you would have to pay them millions of dollars to do a TV ad for you, but you could come into podcasting, use their voice for two minutes, and as, as an endorser, and get some great value back. I don't know what the point was, but that's it. Oh, that's great point. How awesome Partnership. podcasting Partnership. is. Partnerships. Partnerships, yes, thank you. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have 23 seconds left. I don't, I don't know if someone actually, else has a question. I, I think we're actually 25 seconds over. We're 29 seconds over, so thank you very much for your time. <laughs> have a great day today. Thanks, everyone.